Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to this week's episode of SolkanaCast! Woo! As always, I'm your host, Hannah Whitevin, and with me, the lovely, the talented, Lucia Holly! Ayo! Many thanks. Uh, you may know us as the proprietors of Solcana CrossFit and Solcana Wellness. Uh, I'm I'm Hannah, the owner and head coach. And I'm Lucia, nutritional therapy practitioner. Yes, NTP. NTP. This week's episode, we are discussing macros and midlines. Mm. People are like, what is that? <laughs> or they're like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. But before we do that, let's talk about last week's challenges. Okay, okay, okay. Our last episode was hydration and hypertrophy. So we had a couple challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, my challenge was to drink some salt water in the morning. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> a little gross. It's a little, a little gross, gross, but it was fine. Yeah. You know, you take it like a shot. Yeah. That's my strategy. Totally. Take it like a shot, and then the next take thing it. you know, you're super hydrated. Did you feel like maybe you were kind of peeing less right in the morning? <laughs> you know, I actually, I'll be honest, I don't really drink water in the morning. <gasps> oh, okay. So, so, I guess I just noticed I was drinking water in the morning. It yeah. felt good. I think that's awesome. I think that's really nice to try and get a glass of water before um, taking before in. Before coffee? Yeah, before coffee. Because yeah, I usually or go tea. coffee first. Yeah. Kombucha second. Water, <laughs> like, at noon. Okay, so yeah. we kind of flipped flipped things around last week. But I have some right here, some water. Hannah's literally drinking right now. <sighs> so refreshing. So hydrated. Not salty. <laughs> uh, and your challenge, Rusha, was to... I just said your name like Rusha. <laughs> your challenge, Rusha, I'm so drunk. hydrated. Drunk off that hydration. I feel like we talk about getting drunk every episode. <laughs> And, well, like, you neither know. of us really drink alcohol no. very often. No. Okay. Sponsored by poorly made kombucha? Yeah. Or, like, a half a glass of rosé I have on Tuesdays. Whoa. That sounds like a good Whoa. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday night trivia. Ooh, lovely. Anyway. So, your your quest, <laughs> your challenge was to uh, no- take notice of your workout. See if yep. you could feel the pump or the burn. Yeah. What do you think? I definitely, I did feel the pump slash the burn. Um, whenever I think about pump, for whatever reason, I always think about dumbbell thrusters. Because I feel the pump in my arm when oh, I'm yeah. moving that dumbbell all the way up above my head. And then I also feel it kind of in my in my quads a little bit, because I'm going into like a little bit of a squat, right? Yeah. To kind of catch that. Um, right? That's what we should be doing? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so... Not that I necessarily did that last week, but that's just, it's in my head, it's an image of me doing a dumbbell thruster, thrusting. Um, so some burn there. Good. And then it was interesting when we were talking last week and you were, you really kind of explicitly explained how you won't necessarily feel that burn as much when you are doing um, like a low repetition scheme with a higher weight. Right. So thinking about like that one rep um, front squat that I did. You're right. I didn't feel that massive burn in 
um, in any muscle no, in my body. But I felt that energy I, burn more than anything. yeah. I felt that exhaust exhaustion, and I felt like I was activating a lot of muscles, but I only had to use them really once for right. that really high repetition, or yeah. high high uh, weight. Yeah, low rep, low rep. Weight. Yeah, big party. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people love that. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was cool to take notes of that because I don't, I've, I've thought about the burn before, but I hadn't thought about when I'm doing activity that is challenging me, but that isn't necessarily incorporating that burn. Right. Yeah. That was cool. So this week we're talking about macros and midlines. So macros, both of those words, people are like, I'm not 100% sure what that is. Yeah. But I'm listening. <laughs> sure you're going to talk about it. Yeah, we'll just generally go over what a macro is, why a lot of people think about them. So let's Sounds get right good. into it. Sounds good. Macro is actually short for the term macronutrient. Ooh, that sounds like a portmanteau. Oh, yeah? But it's not. <laughs> but it sounds like one. It could be. Spork. Oh my God. It's not. It's not one that you know. Never mind. Okay, so macronutrient. We have macronutrients. We also have micronutrients. A macronutrient. There are three different macronutrients: protein, carbohydrate, and fat. Got it. Okay, that's yep. it. Three. They're macronutrients because our bodies need them. And because they're big. <laughs> they're big. Is that what macro means? They're big. They're sure. Come on. Versus a micronutrient. Micronutrient is going to be more like a, um, a vitamin or a mineral. So those are those kind of come within the macronutrients. Right. So you'll find vitamins and minerals housed within protein, fat, and carbohydrate. So I want to say right off the bat, don't let anyone tell you with any type of diet, be it Weight Watchers, Atkins, South Beach, low carb, high fat, high fat. Carb, yeah, low fat, going. and the moderate protein, no protein, animal protein, vegetarian wow. protein. No yes, protein. keep ah. that list going. All that. Don't let anyone tell you that you don't need one of those macronutrients. Oh, they're such liars. Those carb haters. There are carb haters, and well, carbs are interesting. I would say they're the most interesting of the bunch. Because they're in vegetables. <laughs> People are like, you eat carbs. Just eat Spinach. But what do they think spinach is? Yeah. What do they think? I know that spinach is delicious and it's got some carbs in it. And yeah. that's a really beautiful thing. So, we got our three macronutrients. The reason we think about these is because this is what comprises all of our food. Yeah. So, the macronutrients are kind of, you can use them interchangeably with calories. So, Let's break this down again. Okay. Proteins and carbohydrates both have four calories per gram. Okay. Got it. Fats have nine calories per gram. So, because of that, fats are more calorically dense. Right. Then they're two amigos, proteins and carbohydrates. So, like, you can't eat a stick of butter. You just got to have a pad of butter. You can eat as much <laughs> butter as you want, but... By weight, there are going to be more calories in butter versus the equivalent amount of uh, sweet potato right. or of broccoli. Right. Okay. The reason this stuff is so interesting to me is because for the longest time, people have just been concerned about calories in, calories out. 
okay, if I if my body burns this many calories per day, then I should eat that many or fewer if I want to lose weight. Or if I want to gain weight, then I have to eat more calories than whatever my calorie output is, whatever my energy right. output is. That's cool. That's kind of the baseline of when we're thinking about health, we're thinking about that whatever foods are coming in and whatever energy is coming out. However, the next tier to that is going to be looking at, okay, in addition to my total calories, what are those calories made up of? Right. What is the breakdown of how many grams of protein or calories of protein, you can use that interchangeably, to carbohydrate to fat am I getting in on a daily basis? And A, how is that making me feel? B, is that helping me achieve my goals, whatever those goals might be? So that's where people start to throw around the term macronutrient day in, day out, is when people start to get really focused on body composition or they want to modify their body fat percentage or they want to grow muscle or they don't want to do any of that and they want to just maintain where they're at. This is where really looking at macronutrients and getting comfortable with starting to understand how they make up the different foods that we eat can be really, could be fun, could be stressful, could be interesting. And Hannah, you've had some experience with this. Yeah, sure have. (laughs) What what was it like when you first started um, really understanding and thinking about the macronutrients that were making up your food? Uh, Overall, I just noticed I wasn't really taking in enough of any of the three. Like, I just wasn't eating enough food. Sure. And I was taking in far too much fat and not enough carbs at all. Not even close to enough carbs. Relatively decent amount of protein, but um, even that short by, like, 25 grams a day. Mm-hmm. So, mostly not eating enough food. Yeah. And eating too much ice cream. And Hannah, yeah, <laughs> which is delicious. So Hannah and I worked together starting probably about a year ago, yep. um, really looking at her food intake. And so when Hannah is saying that she, A, wasn't eating enough food, what she's really meaning by that is that her energy output or how active she is, she was not getting in on the daily enough total calories. And right. then of that, in order to sustain her ability to work out the way she does, because she works out a lot, guys. For anyone who hasn't met her, she works out a lot. She needs to, in order to maintain the muscle mass that she's really worked to build, she needs to be eating enough protein, enough carbohydrate, and have enough fats to really sustain her body in a way that isn't stressful. So there are lots, I mean, if you Google macronutrients, there are... What a wormhole. (laughs) You can be there for days trying to look at different bodybuilding sites or fat loss sites or... I don't know what have you sites that are yeah. just telling you what, what you should you do, come? which what you should do, what you shouldn't do if you want to keep muscle, any of that stuff. So, at least for this episode, I'm not really going to talk about like ideal amounts because that will change just based on people's their goals. It's totally going to change, and Hannah, I think, can attest to that. Even yeah. with her goals pre and post competition, right and kind of goals moving forward, coming out of a competition, all that. They can be slight, but they can be um, pretty substantial in how that affects the foods that you're eating. So all macronutrients have calories. Calories and macronutrients are tied together, but even even more basic than the kind of calories in, calories out mentality, what I really want to focus on is people recognizing that macronutrients are a quantity game, but still that quantity game has to come from quality 
So you could eat 100 calories of fat, and it could be a very unprocessed, beautiful fat, like from an avocado, versus the same amount that could be coming from the most highly processed pro-inflammatory fat. Like a rotten oil. Like a rotten, bleached, deodorized oil. Ugh. Like corn oil. Yeah. Soybean oil. And recognize that those two oils, even if those are calories in, calories out, and that's fine, that's good, we're keeping that in mind, those two oils are going to have, they're going to do different things in your body. Right. So, before people even get into wanting to track macronutrients, because that happens really easily. I have a lot of people coming to me being like, I want to, I want to, you know, hack my body and make it look like that. And I hear that macronutrients can do that. Before we even get to tracking the macronutrients, we have to really look at the quality of the food. Yeah. Because that's going to affect body composition so much. It's also going to affect what, like, what actually you can get from the item. Mm-hmm. Like, you might not be actually getting what you think you're getting in terms of protein, carbs, and fat. Right. From the item if it's overly processed. Right. So, all foods have protein, carbs, or fats, and they can have, they can be primarily one of those macronutrients, or they can be a combination of all three or two of them for the most part. So, when we <clears throat> when we talk about these macronutrients, we're kind of we're breaking them down we often kind of identify foods like let's take for example a chicken breast chicken breast is going to be primarily protein but there will be a small amount of fat yeah there might be a small amount of carbohydrate yeah exactly so different types of similar proteins uh chicken breast versus chicken breast with fat on it versus salmon versus steak versus a pork butt those are all protein overarching theme is protein but they're going to have different um kind of makeups of how much protein there is and maybe there's going to be a little bit of fat too so that's something i want people to keep in mind is that if you're starting to look at macronutrients you're starting to get curious about what your foods are made out of know that a there are a million resources online you can just google nutrition data i think it's just nutritiondata.com and you can really type in any Oh, yeah, and they'll show you the whole list. They'll show you the, I use that exhaustively. Yeah. <laughs> they'll show you the whole list, and that foods can really make up, um, be made up of these different macronutrients. And that's, that's really a wonderful thing. Right. So that's my challenge for people, is that I want you to go ahead, think of a meal that you eat on the regular. And if you've never tracked macros before, go ahead and enter in onto nutritiondata.com enter in each food let's say that you have um you make yourself a half cup of dry oatmeal and then you chop up a banana on there and you add some honey and maybe you add some coconut milk and maybe you add some nuts yeah right yeah me too (laughs) um and then you deliver it to us thank you (laughs) thank you so much but if you really break down what those foods are going to be you'll probably notice that the banana is going to be mostly carbohydrate the oatmeal mostly carbohydrate oh yeah the maple syrup mostly carbohydrate those nuts mostly fat maybe a little bit a kind of moderate amount of carbohydrate and a little bit of protein coconut milk mostly fat so if you step back and look at that meal you might be surprised to see how much carbohydrate that meal is actually made out of i got a hint for you savory oatmeal (laughs) (laughs) literally eat it every morning oatmeal get those carbs in there Use uh, egg whites instead of milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta love 
protein in them. Mm-hmm. And then I toss in a little bit of cheese. Ooh, yummy. And for the fat. And then I also added ground beef, which is both protein and protein. Fat. Yeah, yeah. So Super boom. savory. Bang, bang, boom. Really filling, very minimally processed. Love that. Thank I think you. that's a very hearty breakfast. Good, because I Kudos eat it every to you. day. <laughs> Hannah's breakfast. I love TM. repetition. <laughs> so just start to play around with um, tracking the macros. And people, kind of a question that I've gotten to, kind of the question of the week would be, okay, if I'm, if I'm tracking my macros, do I have to start to track them forever? No. Use it as a tool to help you achieve a goal. Yeah, and then you'll, you'll gain a better sense for how much stuff has what in it. Because I think when as pe- you go along. Right. When people start to eat, once we get that baseline of quality foods coming in and out and then on top of that, we start to play around with the macronutrient balance. Um, what I think happens is that if you, if you leave the macros aside but you're still eating that quality food, nine out of ten times, your body is going to be regulating how many total calories you're getting in and what that mix is. So listen to your body and maybe don't follow that low carbohydrate plan that's, yeah, le- that's, that's leaving you craving a lot of carbohydrates <sighs> your body likely is giving you those cravings for a reason right and the diet's maybe telling you to demonize those cravings and that your body's telling you something bad no shame no shame your I'm body hungry. your body's smart and it's telling you hey i want maybe a little bit more of a mix of these macronutrients another episode we should probably talk about micronutrients because once once we focus on the macros it can be easy to kind of have those micronutrients fall to the wayside yeah but they're still utterly important and utterly delicious Mm. (laughs) Uh, okay (laughs) no no (laughs) (laughs) oh macros macros okay well let's talk about midline please Specifically, well, what the heck is the midline? What am I talking about? Uh, I'm talking about your spine. I'm talking about your core. Oh my god. I'm talking about the middle of your body that keeps all your parts together. My core and I, gotta say, we've had a, a contentious relationship. Yeah, most people have. Okay. Most people have a contentious relationship with their core. Um, your midline, you can think of that fr- like as your trunk, basically, from oh. your butt. Okay. All the way up to your neck. All the way up to the base of your head, basically. All the way through your head. Really? Your midline. Oh. I just think about my belly button. I mean, let's be honest. I just think about my stomach. Sure. Yeah. Just got that stomach (laughs) on the mind. But, uh, yeah, your midline is important in terms of midline stability. That's the thing that, like, coaches are most concerned about Mm. for athletes is midline stability and challenging midline stability and improving midline stability. So what I mean by that is the ability to stack everything, brace everything in your core. And, uh, and you could think about your core as like three different parts. You have your abdominal muscles, which is what most people think their core is. Right. You have your entire back muscles. Oh, man. And your glute, glutes and hamstrings. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And quads, too. Really. And quads. And flexors as well. Wow. So you're thinking, you're re- what you're really thinking about is like everything around the pelvis, everything around the belly button, all the way around, mm-hmm. all the way up to the top of your trunk. That's a lot of different muscles. I know. I know. It's a lot <laughs> to focus on. It is. It's like everything but your arms and, and parts of your legs. But you can't just do one move and be like, whew, that was my core workout. Right. No. And also people think core workout only means like abdominal stuff, like right. sit-ups and stuff. 
But if you're doing a heavy squat, you are definitely doing a core workout. Mm. If you are doing an overhead press, you're doing a core workout. Wow. If you're doing push-ups, you're doing a core workout. It's not just sit-ups or things that are like, uh, you know, stuff to work on your show muscles. Yeah. You're Working on those kind of those those abdominal muscles, the six-pack. or. The oh, right. And those are your upper abdominal muscles. Oh. I would say the least important muscle of your core is the ones that you see. Why do we like those so much? I don't know. There's some <laughs> weird obsession. Maybe it started oh. with Men's Health Magazine. No. Who knows? <laughs> but people like the way that that looks. Yeah. But really, the more important strength is those lower abdominal muscles, the ones that strap around your back, that control your pelvis, that mm. control your lumbar spine, that control uh, all those pieces that are very important to your health. To, like, your pain you know so even though you might have a six-pack you may not actually have a very strong core mm -hmm. that's something that like Pilates focuses on a mm. lot which is those like lower lap band abdominal muscles yeah uh, building super strong core and stability along the entire midline um, so okay so let me let's think about this if you're standing upright and you are uh, about to, to put a load on your body. Mm -hmm. Just like stand there right now while you're listening to this podcast. If you're driving, don't stand up. <laughs> you won't be able to. Please. Uh, but if you're standing up and you're just hanging out, you can practice like a really nice bracing technique to get yourself into the most stable midline possible. So what you're going to do is you're going to shorten the distance between your rib cage and your belly button. So a little bit of an upper abdominal crunch. Mm-hmm. And then shorten the distance between your belly button and your pelvic region. A little lower abdominal crunch. Mm -hmm. And then give a gentle squeeze to your butt. Okay. Good. Pretty stable midline. All right. Yeah, pretty yeah. stable. You're keeping your lumbar spine in check, mm -hmm. keeping your pelvis in neutral. Uh, you're controlling your abdominal muscles and you're controlling your glute muscles. And you're really, you're starting to control the muscles around your spine. On top of that, Stand up nice and tall. Okay. Yeah, and make the upper back muscles work as well. So your erector spinae all the way up to your traps. Nice and engaged. Wow. Okay. Now you're prepared to hold a weight <laughs> in any fashion. So don't just grab your grocery bags willy-nilly. Right. Set up that midline. Yeah, and that's what people are talking about when they say, like, flat back. Mm -hmm. Right? Or mm -hmm. get tall when, right. they're, when they're giving cues in the gym. So you're talking about, like, what they really want to say is increase your midline stability. Mm. Make it so that your spine is stacked appropriately with small natural curves right. around your neck and your, right. and your low back. But that all of your muscles are working to engage and hold your core together so you're not just flopping around like a fish. And I think that's a nice visual too, kind of the way you broke it down to those three areas. That's a nice way to think about it versus what I would hear growing up a lot, and I think a lot of people have heard, just like, oh, just stand up straight. Yeah, like, but you can't stand up straight if you don't have a stable midline. Like, you just... No. You just don't know what it feels like. And there's no way that you would necessarily think to even engage your back muscles. Yeah. The biggest compromise I see to a stable midline is around the hips and glutes. Mm. So a lot of people come in, and they have not... They have not done anything but sit down all day long. That's me. Yeah. And so when they come in, their hip flexors are very tight and their glutes are turned off. So when they're standing there, you can kind of see like this slope under by their butt where they're like tucked.
tucking their butt under. Mm-hmm. Or some people might be f- ducktailing their butt out. So basically, their their midline is totally unstable because their pelvis is totally unstable. Right. That's the biggest problem I see. That is going to directly lead to low back problems. Low back pain, tightness, SI joint issues, tightness along the back of your legs, side of your legs, IT band problems. You name it, mm-hmm. sitting down is causing <laughs> it. But also, it's going to prevent you from actually being stable. So if you do try to put weight over your head, then it's going to be problematic on your back. Isn't sitting down like the new smoking? Oh, that's what they say. <laughs> do you believe it as a coach? I mean, do you? Well, st- I mean, sitting down is definitely a problem. Yeah, you see uh, that. You see the effects that it's. Yeah, it's I mean, giving people, people sit all day long, and what that does is shorten your hip flexors, and it lengthens your glute muscles and lengthens your back muscles. So essentially, they're not working all day long to hold right. you up. And then it Instead, makes. Instead, what's working is your, you know, your lumbar, uh-huh. uh your upper back, your your hip flexors are all working to hold you up in a dumb position. Then when you go to the gym, you try to just like suddenly use your glutes. Well, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Right. You have to untrain what you've unconsciously been training for so long. Yeah, for hours, all day long. Day in, day out. 12 hours a day, whatever, you're sitting down, and then you try to work out one hour a day. It's not going to really work towards your benefit. You're not going to have a stable midline. Right. Uh, the other thing that causes midline instability, or that the other biggest problem I see in terms of maintaining midline s- stability is the thoracic spine, middle spine, okay. and shoulder immobility. Okay. As soon as you put your arms up overhead. I'm doing it. Yeah, you can feel how your chest wants to pop up, your rib cage wants to pop forward and out. Uh-huh. And now your low back is, is unstable. Compromised. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine if someone is doing an overhead movement, and they've gotten into that position and they don't pull themselves out, they don't brace, they're going to have an, a compromised midline. Mm. What happens when you have a compromised midline? Potentially leading to injury. Right. So midline stability is like the number one most important thing. I would rather people focus on keeping a stable midline for a longer duration of, of reps than adding weight. Mm. There's no point in putting weight on an unstable Right, that'll just lead to injury at some point. Yeah, and also it's going to lead to like the wrong muscles working mm. to try to compensate for the ones that can't work. Right, like people get knee problems because only their quads are working when their glutes should be turning on, uh, or they might uh, have hamstring issues because they get a hamstring pull because their glutes don't work. Basically, it all goes back to your butt and core. Oh, man. Uh, so, what's the real what's the real ish here? The real ish is that you're Midline is more important than anything else mm-hmm. in terms of your growth and potential as an athlete and just, like, as a human person. Yeah, just, yeah, having your body move through space day after day. Yeah. Ideally, we all want that to be the least painful and most enjoyable um, way possible. Right, and your spine will make or break you as a person. <laughs> Ouch. You know, I mean, like, if your spine is compromised or injured, you will have pain all throughout your body. It radiates. You really will. Body. Yeah. I know, you know, because we both had lumbar problems. Yep. Um, If you, yeah, I have anterior pelvic tilt. Lucia's got posterior pelvic tilt. We know, people, (laughs) what it means to have a compromised midline and what it can do to your body. Um, You know, herniations and just compression problems, all sorts of, like, lumbar muscle issues. And, yeah, just weak muscles. Muscles that never fire. Sad butt. Sad butt. And you don't want that. No sad butts. No. So 
if you're looking to focus somewhere to improve your strength, that could be your number one spot to look. Let me give you some options for this. Number one, work on your back. Mm -hmm. Work specifically on the muscles around your low back. So do things like an arch hold. Lay on your belly, lift your chest, lift your feet off the floor, squeezing your butt and your low back in order to do so. Mm. Most people have a very weak low back, right? And that's why they call, that's why they have so much stress there. Mm -hmm. So work on your low back. Number two, work on your glutes. Do things like, like, um, well, a million things. <laughs> There's so many glute exercises <laughs> I could give you right now. I'm overwhelmed. Uh, but one of my favorites, Jane Fonda's, lay on your side, legs stacked, hips open, lifting the top leg, feeling your booty work. Yeah, that really turns on turns on the butt. Yeah. There's a lot of tons of glute exercises. You can look up glute activators online. The bridge where you lay on your back, plant your feet, and lift your hips. That's a great one, too. Get your glutes firing. Work on them as an accessory. If you still want to work on your show muscles, you can do sit-ups. <laughs> but I recommend working on core muscles that are a little bit deeper, your lower core. And the way you can do that, through hollow body. Love the hollow body. Hollow body. Gymnasts love the hollow body, too. Can you describe it? Yeah. So if you're laying on your back, it's like the opposite of the arch. Lay on your back. You're going to lift your arms and legs off the floor until just your low back is on the floor. So it should feel like your belly button is pushing towards your spine. Both the arch body, hollow body, you're going to feel like this shaking sensation. That is great. That's you testing the ability of the midline to stabilize in a new position. So that's okay. It's good. Okay. Yeah, if you can get that shaking, that's good. That means you're really working towards building stabilization. I ideally, over time, that would eliminate. Mm -hmm. But at first, you're going to be so your muscles are going to be so surprised by you getting them into the most stable position and then holding. Whew. They won't even know what to do. They won't even know what to do. <laughs> but it's really important. It's very, very important. It will determine the health of your spine, whether or not you can stabilize along your midline and build the muscles that you need to hold your spine together. And your spine is like you've been saying; it's the foundation. Every everything else is gonna in, it's gonna inform the rest of your body. Yes. So you have to have that strong, stable midline. Yes, and midline problems, destabilization of the midline, is a common cause of chronic pain. Mm. So we want to avoid that as much as humanly possible. So your challenge this week, okay, is to use that bracing technique before you do. Anything that involves body movement. Oh, my God. Okay? <laughs> I know. But I want you to try it like going up the stairs. Uh-huh. For example, you might notice when you walk up the stairs, you normally have knee pain. But if before you walk up the stairs, you brace your core, and it doesn't have to be ultimate tension. It's just a light tension. Core, core, butt. If you brace those items, do you have pain in your knees and knees? Or do you feel yourself pushing up those stairs with your hamstrings and glutes? Mm. Same thing, obviously, before you do a lift at the gym, set up that bracing. But even when you're doing things like standing, when you're about to sit, when you are carrying something like your groceries, try to influence the rest of your life with that bracing. I'm thinking about just getting up out of this chair. Yeah, even oh, if man. you just thought about it for one day. Mm -hmm. Um think you would see how easily pain can come about and how easily it can be addressed mm -hmm. right just by changing the way you think about the way you move and teaching your muscles to naturally brace and engage so that it's not always a thought process and it's like actually something that your body just does yeah 
right. you don't have, and you don't have to walk around like squeezing your butt all the time but just even stacking correctly and getting your muscles in line turning your glutes on and reminding them that they're supposed to work will offer you a significant increase in in strength and also just decrease in pain what could be better? What could be better? It's Get so strong. Nice. Don't hurt. No pain. It's the challenge of the week. Brace your butt. Brace <laughs> your belly. All the time. Yes. I'm doing it right now. Me too. <laughs> We're like just squeezing. Uh, got it. <laughs> so friends, take care of your body. It loves you like you love it. Yeah. Wait, you give it. It gives you what you give it. Treat it like you like to be treated. You are it. Wait, it's you. <laughs> Treat yourself nice. You're good. This has been Macros and Midlines <laughs> with Hannah and Lucia. Next week, check in with us for insulin and injury. I'm so excited. Me too. I don't know a lot about insulin. I just know about the diabetes part. I maybe know a little bit about injury, oh, but geez. not how to crawl my way out of it. So right. I look forward to it. Number too. one, midline. Midline. Woo, working on that midline. Okay, friends, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks to Taj Ruler, number one producer of all time. Ruler. She's so tall. <laughs> we love her for how tall she is. She's so tall. So tall. Uh, anyway, we'll catch you next time here at Sulconicast. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Sulconicast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulconicast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulconafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.